Welcome back. At the end of this show, I am going to attempt a bit of a speech because Jim Gardner did such a great one. I thought I should take a stab at it. I mean, this is a, a fool's errand because he did so great. I'm going to sound stupid. Uh, did you write it in attempt to one-up him? Not, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll be able to do that. <laughs> There's no. one thing you know about me. I'm, I'm, I'm a master of eloquence. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> but I will. And I, I, I finally decided yesterday I wasn't going to name. I tried to really name all the people that mm-hmm. were instrumental. And I, I, and I realized I just, uh, one of our favorite people, engineer Ben Hill, who retired a couple of months ago, came back just a few minutes ago. And I wasn't even mentioning him. Ben Hill was a big part of what we did. Whenever something went wrong, I yelled at him. Yeah, <laughs> you so trusted where the him. hell is Ben Hill? What is he doing? Why is this mic not working right? Ben's great. Love Ben. I do have some regrets about my style. Yeah? I'll get to that. You're not going to be able to change it at this juncture. <laughs> well, I got, I got <laughs> less hours. than three. I got three hours, man. On the line, one of my f- absolute favorite guests all these years the guy who truly brings football knowledge to a show otherwise pretty much devoid of it is Mike Lombardi, former NFL executive, author of Gridiron Genius, part of the GM Shuffle podcast, and his final appearance here. Hi, Mike. How are you today? I'm good. Good to hear your voice, Angelo. I thought you were riding off, but I'm happy to see you're back for one last show. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing, Mike. All right, let's start with this because I always rely on you. I have gone nuts all week on what that Eagles defense failed to do in the second half. Is it okay for us to rip the defense for what happened? Well, I mean, look, they scored 30 points in 24 minutes. I mean, I don't know what 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 you want to do. I mean, I don't know. You want to say it was good or you want to be happy about it? I mean, like, that game was one of those games where, you you know, they played it exactly how you have to play it. They limited the amount of time Mahomes had the football. You know, they, they controlled the pace of the game, with and they scored when they got into the red zone, although one time they, you know, a couple times they didn't do that, but you're not going to do it all the time. And, you know, they walk away without without the win. I, I think you have to be really critical of the defense. I think what, what you, you see more than anything is the fact that they never made it hard for Mahomes the entire day. Think about this, Angelo. The entire game, they had one pass defended. One pass defended oh the entire God. game. Oh, that's an amazing stat I had not seen. Won the they, whole game, Mike. The entire game, they got their hands on one football from the defense. One. And so they never made it. Like, I keep saying this. The most valuable player in the game was Hurts. Mahomes won the award, but the best player on the field was Hurts. Hurts, Mahomes had no throws in that entire game that were difficult for any good quarterback. They really weren't. He made great decisions, but he had no hard throws. And if you're not going to make it a hard game for the quarterback, you can't walk out of that stadium saying, okay, we gave it our best shot. They never really did. And you know, look, the field was slippery for both teams. It made it, You're still running games in the third quarter in terms of your defensive front when you know they can't stay on their feet. you got to go forward. You can't go sideways. Wow. All right, so when you say this, you are pointing the finger at the defensive coordinator. I've been screaming at it. I don't know. I thought he was watching Rihanna at halftime. I have no <laughs> idea what happened. Oh, I don't hey, know. All right, so, Mike, here's the thing. Then he goes – how mind-boggling is this? Same city the next day, and he gets the head coaching job for Arizona. How did that happen? Uh, you have to, I can't explain it. It's called the National Football League, where Bill Walsh once told me it's not the best and the brightest. And that's true. 
I mean, you know, the reality of it is, is I can't explain it. You know, he must interview really well, obviously. But guys like Lou Amaromo, who's played uh, Patrick Mahomes four times and held him under 30 points and played him really well, and he's a, a penalty and a punt return away from going to the Super Bowl, he doesn't, he doesn't get the job. You know, Don Martindale up at, New, up at the Giants, every offensive coach that gets interviewed for a job says the hardest guy to play against is Martindale. He doesn't even get an interview. I, it's, I don't understand it. I, I don't explain it. Look, I wish him nothing but the best, but based on the performance, how many times on this show have I said in the six games last year against six really good quarterbacks, the ball touched the ground 36 times? Yeah, you, you have cited all these numbers, which were mind-boggling about how they didn't stop the pass. They, they never do. See, what happens is when you're a zone, when you're a zone team that then tries to play man, you're not very good. When you're a man team that can play a little zone, you're better. But you you don't get your if you don't get your hands on the football, and and he's basically he should buy every defensive lineman in the Eagle organization a Rolex because that's what got him the job in Arizona. It's mind-boggling. Did Steichen was he a different case, Mike? Did he deserve a shot uh, as a head coach? Well, look, I think somebody developed Hurts. You know, we've been on this show a long time talking yep. about Hurts' inability to anticipate throws, and they've designed an offense where they took away that anticipating throw. He hits half-field reads, and they put this six-back offense, and somebody did it. And so, obviously, Steichen had a huge role. Nick Sirianni had a huge role. Look, that offensive line has a huge role, too, because it's a lot easier to call plays when you can protect. All right, I want to. I, I just want to play this short version of this. Nick Sirianni. This is how he explained what you're describing right now from the defense, uh, Mike. Listen to this. You can't stop every play every time. You just can't. Mike, how do you say that? It was the friggin' Super Bowl, and you were about to win a championship. Well, you gotta you gotta heat up a quarter, but you gotta take some chances on defense, and you gotta pressure them. You gotta have to force them to be uncomfortable, which they never did. And look, they started playing plays. The goal line play that we're all talking about, Peter King wrote about it, all that stuff. Yes. They were playing the play. They they were playing he was going to run the cross, and the, instead they ran a, a decoy off the play. And so they were scripted to play the play, not play concepts, not play their defense. And that affected their team. But in, if you're not going to pressure Mahomes, if you're not going to make him uncomfortable, and you allow him to basically – throw the ball into easy windows. Tell me a hard throw he made the entire day. No, they were all open. Throw. But they were, they were open. wide open. Mike, you had said in all the other quarterbacks, the good ones that they played, they were always wide open, right? Always wide open. 36, the only, look, they got their hands on one football the entire day. The defense touched the ball one time the entire day. That's embarrassing. Oh, absolutely insane. I, I, I'd be remiss. It's not the main focus of what we've been talking about, Mike, but the, the, the holding call on Bradbury. Do you yeah. make that call when you have not thrown the flag on a hold the entire day? You know, I mean, look, it was a hold. There's no doubt. Bradbury, I thought, was accountable. He was a man and stood up for it. I actually think if he doesn't hold them, the best thing that could happen for Philly is letting the guy score. Now, he was not running the wheel route. He was not throwing the ball to the end zone. They were just trying to get a first down. It's interesting. When you watch Andy Reid, when he has a lead and he's trying to, or he's trying to milk the end of the game, he manages the game really well. But at the end of the half, he gave the Eagles the game. He put yep. the, the game on the plate for the Eagles to give them the 24-14 lead. He put it right there on their plate. You know, he doesn't get the third down, misses the field goal, and then he messes up the middle eight. But when at the end of the game, he calls it really well. 
if Bradbury doesn't hold and they throw the ball and, and Smith-Schuster gets it in the end zone, the Eagles are going to tie it up. I think the reason Andy didn't go for two to make it a nine-point game was because he didn't want to – he wanted to have the game at least tied and have the ball last. He didn't want to be down a point. Well, you know what? He played that right. Mike Lombardi, all I have left to say is I can't thank you enough for all the great contributions you made to our show. We have learned so much football from you, Mike, and I well, thank you. I, I you, thank you shouldn't you. be thanking me. I thank you, Angelo, for a remarkable career in Philadelphia, and you set the standard. I mean, for all the talk, you are one of the best interviewers. I saw when you interviewed Tim uh, from the, uh, the, the, the podcast on, on the gambling, Tim Donahoe. Tim Donahoe, Donahoe yeah. One of the best interviews I've ever heard. It was detailed. It was amazing. And that's what you've done every morning. God bless you, Angela. Mike, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mike Lombardi, ladies and gentlemen, what a football mind. Right now, Johnson, all the people, yeah, all the morons who email me, all the, the Elliot Shaw Park, Marcus Hayes, do they feel stupid right now? No. Because right now what just happened is a longtime executive, a man who wrote a book, Gridiron Genius, just said that it looked to him like Jonathan Gannon watched Rihanna at the hat. I can't tell you how satisfying oh, that conversation was. Beautiful. One pass. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, Eagle Shirley. Hi, Shell. Hey, good morning, family and friends, everybody. Angelo, Rhea, oh, John, uh, Joe, Ava. I know Al's not there yet, and Jonesy. I would be remiss without, you know, you guys and saying how much. You know what, Angela, I, I just thought about, like, the first time I ever met you. Remember the Eagles uh, had those commercials out called You Can't Script This? Yeah. And the Philadelphia Eagles reached out to me and said that, you know, you wanted to meet me because you thought I was an actress because there's no way no fan could be that excited and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, I'm just a fan. What do you want to meet me for? Like, so, you know, I always listen to the station because my brother Sherman, will, you know, he used to listen to 610, you know, way back in the day. But um, coming into the studio and, and meeting you and and you just literally thought I was an actress. But that day when we met in the studio, you just was amazed, like, wow, yeah, you are a regular person. I'm like, yeah, I'm just so passionate about the Philadelphia Eagles and just not knowing that meeting you, meeting everybody in the studio, that WIP was going to, like, take me underneath their wings and just let me, you know, be Eagle Shirley. And then you allowed me to, you know, you know who I who I am, you know, uh, a Christian and love the Lord. And then, you know, I remember one time being at the studio and this guy called in after the Phillies lost, I think, in 2011. And you looked right. He said he wasn't going to go to his doctor's appointment. I think his, he had to get his leg, something done. It was a real serious, mm. you know, surgery, and he wasn't going to go. He was so hurt and distraught. And you looked right at me, and you said, surely pray for that man. Yeah. I've never been so afraid in my life, but it was a short, quick, simple prayer. But the simple fact, the way you looked at me and you had trust in me that, you know, these people that call up at the games when the Eagles lose or the Phillies or the Flyers or the Sixers or something, you know, in the, in the city of Philadelphia, and, you know, they, they come to you and they call you. And and that right there, I, I saw I saw nothing but love where people didn't get a chance to see. I saw that day how much you care for the fans, you know, after a loss and how you the voice of the fans after a loss and how you allow us to 
call up to the station or or come there and, and just, you know, emote out our feelings, you know, because we love our sports team so much. Angelo, you are so going to be missed. You know, and just every now and then just check on you and still send you the the Sunday morning, you know, services. But I love you so much, big guy. And Uh, I I want to say this one thing. I want people to understand that our relationship is not Ed because we have a date. I will be dating Shirley and her son (laughs) at my house for the first game of the next Eagle season. Oh, that's cool. We're going to do it. It might even be the Thursday night game. Against oh against Andy Reid and it, Cheryl, listen, I am listen. going to experience it as a true fan <laughs> with one of the greatest fans of all time. You're going to be right there. I'm going to have to get a spread. Hopefully, we're, maybe you could get one for me because you'll still be in radio. <laughs> I don't want to have to pay for it. I'm, I'm on a I'm fixed sure Pete income. will take care of you. I'm on a fixed You're income. going to have to give Shirley some space. She likes uh, to move around. Have, and uh, it'll be Shirley and Bentley. Let's see who... <laughs> Last so long. Shirley, you know I love you. I, I love you know, you too. here's what people said to me, Shirley. They've said this a lot the last few days. They always, after a game, they wanted to know what I had to say. I wanted to know what you had to say because I knew that whatever your reaction was, that was the emotion of the city. And you were the barometer, and, and I love you. And I thought you were one of the greatest sports fans I've ever met in my life, and I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate you. Can I say one thing about what Gannon said? Yes. Gannon said something, and it, and it made me think about Howie Roseman and how much I love that man even more. He said how we came up to him and say, hey, you know you're going to stay here and, and, and take that interview. In my mind, when somebody don't want you to be around them, you want to support them being somewhere else. So in my mind, I'm saying to myself, Howie and them say, don't get on this plane. Don't come back with us. You just got lost. Help us. You lost this game for us. So keep your butt here. We don't want you back in Philadelphia. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. I know how he wouldn't say nothing like that. Yep. But when he said that out his mouth, that wasn't to support him to say, go ahead, dude. Go ahead on. I got you. You know, you good. You good. No, don't get back on this plane. Because at the end of the day, what we saw from you, you just laid the biggest turd there is in Super Bowl. And then would you just play, Angelo? Yep. I'm, I'll see. I was not trying to go there. All right, Cheryl. Don't, the, I, I know what you're thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. Cheryl, we'll talk. I love you. Love Take you care. Too. God bless. Wait a minute. I got to give you one, baby. Uh, give, me, give me my last one. Give me one. E-A-C-L. <laughs> I love you. Love you too, Cheryl. Wow. That was emotional. 215-592-9494. We come back. This was emotional, too. This may be, for the more recent listeners, the benchmark. Gabe Kapler and I have it out. And I just re-listened to it, and he's even a bigger smack ass than I portrayed. (laughs) This guy, the way he tried to weasel out of one of his players not running is shameful. He should feel shame today. He rejected the opportunity to give me a little goodbye message. I don't want it, Gabe. I'm just thrilled you're not here anymore, you jackass. WIP Sports Time 760. For more than 30 years, NovaCare Rehabilitation has been the Delaware Valley's trusted hometown physical therapy provider. NovaCare is proud to be part of the healing journey 
of so many patients and athletes. So this year, whether you've set 2023 goals for yourself or just making your health and well-being a priority, NovaCare is here for you every step of the way on your road to recovery. NovaCare is your trusted PT partner for recovering from aches and pains, gaining strength, and preventing injury. And with more than 150 convenient locations in the greater Philadelphia and South Jersey area, there's no better time to make NovaCare's movement experts part of your healthcare team. On behalf of everyone at NovaCare, thank you for choosing them to get back to work, sports, and life. To learn more about the benefits of physical therapy and get on the road to recovery and wellness, schedule an appointment today at NovaCare.com. The Philadelphia Eagles trust NovaCare. So can you. NovaCare, the power of physical therapy.